I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store. Capital has never really been about fashion. It's always been about people. What We Wore was created to share the meaningful journeys that inspire me. From the designers and friends I meet on the road to the men and women with whom I work each day. Everybody wants to know her Stacy Platt is a holistic healing guide based in Los Angeles. Stacy now comes to Charlotte to work with our clients and friends several times a year. I was surprised to learn that Stacy's start as a professional organizer is what led her to healing, and I think you'll love learning more about her unique calling. Stacy Platt, welcome to Charlotte. Thank you so much. Okay. So nice to be here. I can't believe you're here, actually, too, because I think you've had a full day of healing sessions. It's true. How do you do that? You're an energy healer. Yes. And how do you get everybody's energy off of you? Yeah, that's a really <laughs> good question. And it's that's really important, too, you know, just to, to sort of come back to myself and my own energy. And I, I do really simple things, which is to wash my hands with cold water. Mm. And just really intend to let anything go that isn't mine go. Mm -hmm. And then just also breathing, Mm -hmm. just re-energizing myself with different breathing practices Mm -hmm. uh, just helps me sort of get back to feeling my own internal sense of well-being and just reigniting that inner connection with myself. Because part of the energy healing must be connecting with other people's energy, is it not? In the work that I do, I would say like the the most important thing I do is really like attune mm-hmm. to whoever's in front of me. Right. Because a lot of our early wounding comes from a lack of attunement. Mm-hmm. No matter how good parenting we had, no matter how great our parents' intentions were, mm-hmm. and that there's often a, a misattunement. So by providing that attunement, mm-hmm can be the foundation of healing. Interesting. Tell me how you started. Where are you from? Uh, So I'm from, I I say LA and New York Mm -hmm. because I had big chunks of time in both and I've flip-flopped back and forth Mm -hmm. um, about four times. Um, (laughs) So I started in New York. I was born there and my parents are New Yorkers. And then when I was nine, we moved to LA. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to go back to New York to experience my roots while I was young. Mm -hmm. So I went to graduate school there and got my MBA. Uh I love that you have an MBA, but tell me, what did you study in college? They don't have energy healing majors. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I wouldn't have known that I was, that's what I was drawn to do at that time. I went into college as Uh pre-med, quickly realized that wasn't my major, that was my mom's major. (laughs) And then I went to communications Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I, I grew up in, in suburban Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So at that time also, like I didn't know what was out there. Right. A friend of mine was a communications major and she wanted to go into the entertainment industry and that held some allure for me. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wound up pursuing. And what's funny is that all along I had this draw to psychology even Mm -hmm. pre-college and yet I never considered that as something to pursue Hmm. weirdly how did you know that this was a thing and that that energy healing was a thing yeah wow and and did you as a little person did you do some of that no I would say so as a little person I was attracted to psychology I was attracted to the universe. I was just fascinated with it mm-hmm. and the vastness and like 
what are we doing here? And, <laughs> you know, and just the, it, that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. So at, at that time, I, you know, call, thought it, I was interested in psychology and the universe. But like today, I can look back and say, oh, I was interested in consciousness mm-hmm. and the cosmos. It's a long and winding road. <laughs> we have time. <laughs> okay, good. So I was in college. I d- did my four years, went into the entertainment industry uh, at like age 24, felt my life passing me by under fluorescent lighting. <laughs> Quit my job, went traveling. It was time to come back when I, all, everything I had on me was stolen, um, <laughs> including my passport, passport and all my yeah. money and my airline tickets. <laughs> and I came back and... You know, I I was at a point in my life where I just wasn't sure what was next. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go to business school, a choice that was not in full alignment with with who I was becoming or who I was. But I always knew that I was pretty ill-equipped to work for someone else. And so always saw myself as having my own business and kind of had always seen myself as having a higher degree. So made that choice to go to business school. Mm -hmm. Left business school, felt all the loan pressure to get a job, got a job as a consultant, did not like it. Consulting what? um, It was human resources consulting, Uh and I went into it thinking that I never liked working in an office, Uh that maybe, perhaps, I could just change the face of corporate America. (laughs) And (laughs) it turned out that was not possible. I was actually working on, like, spreadsheets the the size of football fields. (laughs) And just sort of felt like, you know, had this voice in my head saying, the role of the consultant will be played by Stacy. <laughs> so your acting <laughs> came in, your entertainment industry stuff came in. Yeah, that, right? exactly. <laughs> and actually, yeah, and I remember I would close my office door and like do a headstand against the door um, just to like, I don't know, something. I, I lasted about nine months. I didn't know what I was going to do. At this point, I was very into yoga and I, I thought I wanted to do something that enables me to do yoga practice in the morning Mm -hmm. and take off and go to India for extended periods of time. What could that thing be? I love that. Uh Uh-huh. And so I knew I needed to work for myself. And a friend of mine mentioned she knew somebody who helped people get organized. And I... light bulb went off because I was born with the organizing gene. Right. And this was like pre-container store, pre-Marie Kondo, Mm -hmm. pre-hoarders. Like nobody knew what an organizer (laughs) was. I did a little research. I wound up also pre-internet, hmm. just to age myself, and um, I wound up taking an ad out in the back of New York Magazine huh. that said, "Get organized. Call for a free consultation." And my home number. Oh my god! I know it was crazy, and and, and people just, just started calling. I was like, <laughs> "Oh wow, okay." And it didn't uh, explain. <laughs> it, it just said, "Get organized." That's right. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Okay. And so that that in a way like just speaks to how how the need was there before it became a thing. Right? Totally. It also speaks a lot to energy healing. It, it's so interesting because I, I again knew nothing of energy healing at the time, uh-huh. but the way I branded myself, which was a photo of a person cut off at the head she could only see her body sitting in lotus position all dressed in white mm-hmm. and then I photoshopped a white filing cabinet and her sitting on top of it <laughs> that was my sort of imagery the name of my company was breathing space oh I love it and so it just based on that somehow it attracted a clientele that was in need of healing huh. not just organizing for instance a woman who lost her husband in a car accident she was driving mm-hmm. 
another woman had a double mastectomy, came home, realized her place was not conducive to healing. Mm-hmm. And so we just, you know, purged and purged. Did you innately know what to do, what to clear out, what to bring in? I mean, was that just yeah, who you were? Yeah, I think were? I sort of innately knew that. Yeah. I learned organizing skills along the way Mm -hmm. and later partnered with my current business partner. And, you know, I think the two of us bouncing off of each other, I think Mm -hmm. we both grew a lot in in terms of our skill. And I know that when you were in your 20s, you were sick, diagnosed with melanoma. Yeah. The the crazy thing is I was reading Cosmopolitan magazine Uh and they had a little blurb on moles and and what to look for for irregular moles. Mm-hmm. And I, I had one. I, I thought, oh, I have a mole that looks like that. And I went to go get it checked out, and that mole was fine, but they found a tiny black spot on my ankle. Huh. And it turned out to be a uh, in situ melanoma. Wow. Yeah. So that was a big wake-up call for me. That mm-hmm. was during my first job out of college. Um, I was working as an assistant to a TV talent agent. Mm-hmm. I would made it into the entertainment industry. Okay. It was a very stressful job. At the time, I didn't really know how to handle stress. Uh And I really, you know, believe so strongly in the mind-body connection. And so that really is what started me on my path. Yeah, I think early insecurities had led me to kind of listen to these voices outside my own Uh in terms of what influenced me. Mm -hmm. And I think it was having that experience that turned my attention inward Mm -hmm. and really started to hone into like what what's what's going on in me what am I attracted to what what are my desires what is wanting to come forth where's my attention being drawn huh. and so it's a really important moment when you're that age yeah uh, melanoma can be skin cancers can be very very aggressive yeah so I just I feel like I had you know universal forces looking out for me yeah. and just feel really lucky that I th- thank you to Cosmopolitan magazine that is great I love it <laughs> Yeah. And New York Magazine for the... <laughs> That's right. All these magazines. I never thought of that. <laughs> and when was the last time you looked at a magazine? <laughs> like, never. <laughs> so the organizing business became healing. Yeah. So my organizing clients were in need of healing, and we would just sort of do healing through talking and through moving, like, the stagnant energy in their home. Mm-hmm. Right. That. And did you know innately what that was? I mean, you could feel it. I knew I could see clutter and see the density of it and see the toxicity of it. Uh So I kind of had that understanding, but I didn't have uh, I don't even think I had the language yet Uh of stuck energy. All I knew was that it needed to go. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really interesting to see my clients you know, their attachments to things that didn't even have positive associations for them, right? Right. So it's surrounding yourself with, you know, stuff that doesn't make you feel good. Mm -hmm. And everything carries energy. Everything has a vibration. And what we think of when we look at it, how it makes us feel in our space and just Mm -hmm. clutter is just like dense energy. Mm -hmm. The removal of it, just creates a huge release of energy and it can be emotional Mm -hmm. right very very I see that in people's closets they are so hesitant to have you come over and help them to clear out their closets and I I definitely noticed that always but I didn't notice how you know there's something humiliating about it and I think because and I didn't understand why not not only for them but for I mean I feel that way and I think that it comes from 
seeing who you thought you were Mm -hmm. or who you wanted to be yeah you know and there's there really is a lot of um shame around that I guess that you know it's really intense that that's like I'm really glad that you presenced that because it's it's such a it's 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 beautiful to have that recognition you know and to really be able to see it in that way and you know and so right so there's like almost an honesty that needs to come forth when you're in the process of decluttering and letting go of old selves and old identities and even old ideas about yourself that never got manifested. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And that's hard. It is hard. It's true. It's really hard. And then, and just to like, you know, go through the, all the feelings associated with it to just really show up for what is arising in the moment and meet and that. And feel it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Feel it and meet it without a story mm-hmm. because it's that story that creates the suffering. Right. But if you can just kind of feel the the momentary emotion, mm. emotions are kind of momentary. I forget exactly how long typically emotions last, but yeah. it's it's not long. <laughs> like we perpetuate emotions with the stories that we run exactly. to keep that charge going, right? Yeah, that is so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> Do you <laughs> like so to weird. see Humans people? Are weird. <laughs> people are weird. <laughs> Do you like to see people in, in their spaces or do you like them to come to your space? I like them to come to me. Because it's too much. It's it's a lot in their space, mm-hmm. and then it's uh you know they're not always. I, I like to just for them. I like to bring them into a neutral space. Yeah, and I also feel more grounded when I'm not running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm just sort of staying put, and people come and go. It's mm-hmm. just I'm very aware of like keeping myself in balance, mm-hmm. and so it's it's a little. In, in Ayurveda, we say, like, vata aggravating, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it just aggravates that part of me that's very moving naturally. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just good to be in one place, create a neutral environment for them to come into, leave their life and home and mm-hmm. all the things behind and just come yeah. into a clean, clear space. Can you tell from the minute you see somebody what they need to let go of? Not necessarily, or no. Or that they do have something to let go of. I can all tune into their nervous system mm-hmm. and see how their nervous system is doing. Mm-hmm. And so, and and it's, it goes back to that attunement piece, right? Mm-hmm. There are people who see. They're mm-hmm. seers. Yeah. They see it all. Right. Uh, when I was studying shamanism mm-hmm. and my teacher uh, was doing a demonstration and she said, oh, do you see that smoke coming out of the second chakra? And everyone's like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like <what>? really? <laughs> I didn't see the smoke. And I thought for a moment, for, for a while, like, oh, I can't do this work. I don't see. Mm-hmm. And then I, because of my background in yoga, I'm very kinesthetic. Mm-hmm. And I can feel. Mm-hmm. And that's my way of seeing. Yeah. But I do that through the attunement. Right. So tuning into their nervous system, tuning into them and then and then knowing where to go with the questioning. Yeah. I would love to be able to just see it all. Right. Because right. that's that's a special gift, a really special mm. gift. And it's a different gift. It's a different gift. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that there's real value in not just seeing something. Mm-hmm. I'm saying for the client. Right. That they get to be part of the process because it's a process of self-discovery. It's just it's two different things right just to answer your question so do i see not in the traditional mm-hmm. ways of seeing mm-hmm. but i can feel and kind of know where to guide the journey i love that you say that you refine your pursuits based on what brings you joy yeah where did you develop that philosophy when i was in business school i got really into yoga mm-hmm. 
I decided to take a semester off of business school because I was doing a semester in Australia in Sydney, and India was so close. Mm. So I'm like, while I'm here on this side of the world, <laughs> let me make a pilgrimage to India to study yoga. Mm. And I wanted to go study with the teacher of my teachers, teacher of my teachers in L.A., and New York was the same guy. Mm -hmm. So I decided to take a semester off at business school, and I was met with a lot of well, I should say a lack of support. Right. Nobody thought from that was a good school. idea. Yeah. From, from family or from business school? Everybody. So, yeah. Everybody. They were like, what? <laughs> I even had an Indian marketing professor who I told with great excitement. He was just like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> and <laughs> and my and you know, my advisors let me know that I would become very unattractive to employers. <laughs> There's a little seed inside of me that was like, I already am. You know? <laughs> And my dad really was opposed to the idea and was helping me out with a little bit of business school and said if I made that decision that he would rescind his financial support. Hmm. And I, I felt that. That was yeah. – that didn't feel good. And I went. Hmm. And it was really the first time that I could tune out the noise hmm. and follow this just like deep, strong desire in me hmm. and just trusted. I don't know why. Hmm. I think because that – it just was so strong mm -hmm. and did it. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful I did. It was one of the best choices I've made. Mm -hmm. I did come back and finish business school. I then returned to India six more times over the next 13 years. I love India. It's incredible. So, oh, you must. All <laughs> the know. textiles. Yeah. It's so special. It's yeah. incredible. What are some of the steps that our listeners could take to, to operate from this place of joy? Okay, so that's a great question, and I like to codify things, so thank you for this opportunity. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you. <laughs> We're, we feel so lucky to have you come here. Oh, it is such, like, truly a privilege to be here. I, I have just developed such an affection for all the women of Charlotte. Really, it's... They yeah. love you. No, oh, it's mutual. <laughs> you know, I, I think the beginning thing is to know that we're, we're all these, like, really unique divine sparks, and we're here for a purpose. And it's actually a really simple formula for finding out what that purpose is. Mm -hmm. And I really think the starting point is just to, like, notice what you're drawn to. And it's just that pull of your own soul, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all unique. And we all have our own pull. Yeah. And to just let yourself be drawn by that. People don't even know what they like. I, I mean, know. You I know. know. Yeah. You know, and I guess maybe a preliminary step mm -hmm. is to – I'm not really sure actually how the order goes. But <laughs> but to, you know, notice, notice the incoming voices, mm -hmm. right? And start to distinguish what's, what's mine, what's – yeah. expectations right. of, of me, mm -hmm. you know, by my parents, by society. Mm -hmm. We know we are a part of our, you know, cultural upbringing and, mm -hmm. and place and all these things. But we can choose, like, how strong our identification is mm -hmm. and what aspects of that is serving us, what aspects aren't serving us, mm -hmm. and choose to relate in a, in a different way. And takes courage. It also takes listening and being still and being quiet, I think. And I think that's something, too, that's really important to put into practice mm. because there is a lot of noise. And there's noise from the outside that becomes our internal noise, right? right? And so to, to quiet the mind and to sort of let some of that noise go, to turn the volume down on that noise, meditation is such a critical practice for that. I can think of nothing else that really, like, creates that inner clarity and focus. 
You meditate every day. I do actually. Yeah. I meditate every morning. day. Yeah. Morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it changes. It looks differently. Sometimes it's a breathing practice. Sometimes mm. the meditation. Mm. Where did you learn? In India? I did, actually. I did a Vipassana retreat in India, and then I did a second one in Massachusetts. Mm. So 10 days in silence. Wow. Learning a specific technique. That's amazing. Amazing. Hard. Yeah, it was hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I noticed at Dwell Well, your organizing business, that you have a service called Space Aura. Mm -hmm. Um, What does that entail? So, right. So that's that's sort of like the bridge between the two things that I do, the organizing and the energy work. We go into a person's home and we organize, we get rid of clutter and we set up systems of organization and we really deal with the the tangible stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the Space Aura is going in and dealing with the energetics of the home. Mm -hmm. So clearing out any kind of toxicity, any kind of energetic denseness Mm -hmm. to just bring more more peace and light and really depending on what the client's intentions are. Mm -hmm. I've done it to help clients sell houses Mm -hmm. and like kind of lay lay out grids with crystals to draw in what what they want. Any any tips for listeners on how to clear a space? Clearing space is just super simple and, you know, to choose something to burn to clear the space. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Palo Santo or, or sage. sage or cedar, mm-hmm. um, they all have different properties. And to light that, take it through your house, you know, bring the smoke to all the different you know, corners of the house, all the different parts of the house, and really hold the intention of what you're clearing out mm-hmm. and just ask, you know, ask for some universal assistance. Yeah. And <laughs> cedar is actually very good for purifying spaces. Mm. Palo Santo, I like, I use a lot more in my energy work. Yeah. So clearing energy or even like purifying a part of the body that we're working on. Mm-hmm. And sage, I use maybe more sage for house clearing Mm -hmm. and more Palo Santo for energy work. Mm -hmm. And I just wish I could pull out, you know, what the properties are. No, no, I don't don't think they need words, actually. I just, (laughs) I think that's how kind of how I work with them is just more intuitively. I think so too. Yeah. I told Meredith here when, after I went to my first session with you, that it was like going to 20 therapy sessions in one hour. (laughs) It's the way that, I mean, and I don't even know what you did. I can't even remember, but you really changed so much in in my life in one hour (laughs) wow oh thank you for sharing that that's incredible yeah and just released so much I think and you knew I didn't even know I mean I think both time but anytime I've seen you you've said like why are you here what do you want to talk about and I said I don't I don't have any idea Uh uh-huh and then all of a sudden you know a flood of things yeah wow amazing (laughs) (laughs) how do people get in touch with you if people want to see you other than through the through here and when you're in charlotte so instagram is Mm. my just my name uh stacy platt s-t-a-c-e-y-p-l-a-t-t and my email address is stacy at stacyplatt.com when you're here tomorrow for um a wellness panel i am really excited about that yeah thank you for doing that oh my pleasure Stacey, at the end of every podcast, we ask what people wore to the prom. Ah, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 
I hope you wore something really energetically fabulous. <laughs> I'm not sure. Let's see. I wore this. Well, yes, I think it was. I think any 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 gown is energetically fabulous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was a white. It was very oh traditional. My God. I, I was going to say, please be white. That's so funny. <laughs> it was white, and it was it was strapless. Uh-huh. It was form fitting, and it went all the way down to the ground, mm-hmm. and it had just sort of layers, you know, a couple layers so along pretty. the way, and it had a sort of a there was a pattern in it. Okay. And I feel like it had a little sparkle to okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. If it was the 80s. <laughs> it was absolutely the 80s and it reflected the 80s. <laughs> more ways than one. <laughs> totally. I love it. Yeah. I love that it was white. Was I love that you asked that question. <laughs> Thank you so much. So welcome. Thank you so much. What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.